really exciting guest with us today, Mr. Ray Lau, my boss. <laughs> hey. This is a good way to get the anxiety up, I think. <laughs> oh, no. I'm just kidding. Have you been anxious for this? No, I'm just saying, like, if you want to have your boss, you know, on the podcast, maybe that's a good way to get um, the anxiety up or not if it's a good boss, right? I mean, it's a good boss, so I'm excited, you know? <laughs> that's right. Good answer. Uh, yes. So, Ray is VP of marketing for the company that we work at currently. He has a lot of experience in customer marketing. He is amazing at positioning products, B2B SaaS, and started in graphic design, which is also very fun fact. I love that. I also used to work with Ray and Mia. And one thing I can say about Ray is that he's a really great people leader. He definitely puts the people he works with first. And I think that that is a really special quality. So we're happy to have you on the podcast with Mia. Thank and you. Yeah, thanks for agreeing to do this. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> I mean, we always, yeah, we're joking about, you know, me being the first guest here and I'm going to put it on my LinkedIn. So Ray, could you tell us and the listeners a bit about your background in marketing and how you got started in the field of marketing and just kind of like your, your, just how you started? Yeah, happy to. So I'll share some years of experience with you all. So 15, over 15 years of marketing experience. So I'm going to start to sound like an old man uh, with that. But yeah, like Mia said, a variety of uh, B2B SaaS experience, done a ton with digital marketing, content marketing, account-based marketing, customer marketing, product marketing, all the 50,000 iterations of marketing that only marketers are able to put so many qualifiers in front of marketing. So, but yeah, over 15 years of experience last a year at Stacks Payments, before that at Mitigator, a fintech company, and then 12 years at Power DMS, my first SaaS job. And that was a ton of fun, a lot of experience there. And then a couple of other not SaaS roles before that. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. I'm curious, Ray, what was your first job? Like your first job ever? Also your first job in marketing? Because I think it's really interesting just to see, you know, where we all started and where yeah. we all ended up. So that I, I was a host at this restaurant called Tony Roma's. And that was my first job ever. And wow. my feedback that I got from my boss was that I wasn't loud enough because I was supposed to go and, you know, you're like, people put their name on a wait list and then you're just supposed to go and like walk around and say, Chris, party of two, Chris. And you're just walking around trying to find the people. And then he was like, Ray, you're just not loud enough. And I was like, okay, take that feedback, I guess. <laughs> so yeah, that was interesting, super interesting job. And my first marketing job ever, and we'll call it air quotes in marketing is my graphic design job when I first got out of college at a, I like to call it a boutique marketing agency. I love that. Cool. It's funny that your first, your very first job was a host at a restaurant because my very first job was also 
I host at a restaurant. And my feedback from everyone I worked with was that I was too shy and quiet. Look at that. And here we are on a podcast today. Yeah, my first job was at a movie theater. And I, I got to sell the tickets to people, which was really fun. And it's really weird thinking about it because I used to have to stand for nine hours in a row. And now I sit down all day and I complain about that. So I don't really know what I want. But just thinking about how I used to do that just blows my mind. Did you sell tickets to people that were sneaking into other movies that you knew they were doing that? Yeah, well, I I was like, we couldn't see the people. After you go back the hallway, you don't know what happens to them if you're at the cash register. But the ushers would have to make sure people didn't sneak back and forth. So... Your first job out of college was graphic design. Did you go to school for graphic design or were you anticipating to go into marketing as a graphic designer? No, I did not go to school for graphic design, which is also kind of funny. I went to school for computer animation at UCF and I honestly didn't learn a whole ton of applicable computer animation skills at the, at at UCF. So I, I loved my college experience. I love UCF, but the program was just, we'll call it okay for the time. So I knew kind of coming out of college that I needed to, you know, obviously find a job and it was probably going to be pretty difficult finding a computer animation job. So the next closest thing that I could figure out was I think graphic design is something that I could do and kind of related to what I went to school for and studied. So ended up applying like crazy, probably I'm not even exaggerating, like 200 applications like at a, at a college. And one of the funny, not funny things about applying for jobs when you don't have any, any experience is that you, you know, you can't get the job without experience and you can't get experience without the job. So it's that chicken or the egg kind of a thing and very challenging when you first get out. But thankfully was able to find a couple of part-time jobs and cobble some stuff together and be able to do some graphic design in those jobs that weren't related at all to graphic design, like being a teacher's assistant or that sort of thing. And then cobbled a portfolio together to get that first job at the boutique marketing agency. That's awesome. It definitely is really stressful when you're fresh out of college. If you're, you know, trying to get that, that first job without experience, I had the same experience. My first job was as a recruiter or like a recruitment coordinator. And my experience prior to that was college and talking to people. So it's definitely stressful trying to kind of get that sort of set up. I remember talking through interview process. They're like, oh, what experience do you have? And you're like, I'm hoping this is it. Thank you so much. <laughs> Speaking with you in this interview. <laughs> I think it, which really sucks, but, you know, that whole thing of you need experience to get the job but the job requires experience everyone i think the best thing to do and really only thing that you can do is do free work like 
volunteer and do internships or if you know of someone that does a similar job that you're looking for, ask them if you can do some of their work just to kind of build your portfolio and say you have some experience in the professional world. But that does suck. You know, it does stink to have to kind of work for free and just also hope for the best that someone will take you on if you're super green. Yeah. Ray, what are some of your favorite things about marketing and kind of if you could Talk us through how you went from graphic design to now you're a VP of marketing. Yeah. One of the most important things about marketing and one of the coolest things about marketing is that it's always changing and it's always new. Say there was always something new to learn or, you know, some new technology or some new, you know, like we talked about earlier, there's like 500 qualifiers for marketing, right? So you know, knowing that there's new ways that people are thinking about things and always doing things and having a learning kind of mindset is going to be super valuable as a, as a marketer in your career. And how I got from graphic designer, you know, to where I'm at today, VP of marketing is just going into a new situation, learning something new, and then taking that and then applying that to the next role or next job. So at the, at the boutique marketing agency, you know, I started with graphic design and then started to do more website stuff. So then added that to kind of the toolkit. And then the next job, they're looking for someone that did graphics and website. And then, so, you know, was able to take that and apply that. And then the next job was looking for someone that did graphic design website. And then I had a chance to learn about digital marketing, SEO and paid search and that sort of thing. And then, so I took that and then applied that to the next. So it was just like, just kept stacking stuff on top of each other, learning new skills, et cetera, with each role, with each job. And then, you know, 15 years later, you know, here I am like talking about you know, all the experience that I have, but because of having this kind of learning mindset, that's going to be super valuable for any marketer today, right? Just to even do your job. But then if you want to grow in, in your career, that that's going to be something that you're going to need to do. Totally. Yeah. I love that. I love the continuous learner mindset. I, it's something that I label myself as is just like, what can I absorb from the people around me and above me at every, you know, every step of the way. Um, what would you say have, is your least favorite thing about marketing? I'll say the, my, my least favorite thing about marketing is the constant need to prove ourselves. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that can come in a lot of different ways, right? Like you have to always prove that one marketing is working, right? Because people are going to say, well, is marketing, does this, does this even work? Like, and then, so that's where you have all these industries that popped up because marketing people needed to prove that they're, that what they're doing was actually working. So you have all this marketing attribution software and reports and dashboards to show that the things that you're doing are working. Right. So I don't know if you all have ever seen Mad Men, but they didn't really have to do that back then. You just run an ad and you came up with this cool idea and then that was it. And then you go and have a cocktail, right? 
Um, the marketing on them. They like Emily in Paris is one that I watched recently, and they just come up with an idea. It always works. I'm like, it always works like that too. But for one, there's no budget, and for two, it's not that simple. So yeah. <laughs> so I think the constant need to prove ourselves is a, is is challenging. But there's just there's also so much to not only with a campaign that you have to prove yourself, but you have to like. Prove you have to fight for budget. And if you want to try a new thing, then you have to prove that this thing works. Or, you know, if you want to try a new role, then you have to prove that this makes sense and is valuable. And I think these are good things. And these are, we should always be revenue minded. We should always be thinking about how do we deliver that the, the thing that the company wants from us, but that, you know, this is, it's, it's like a constant need to just keep doing that over and over again and can get tiring, right? Totally. How do you, let me think of how I want to word this so that it's not too deep. How do you kind of deal with, I guess, the pressure of, okay, I have to prove that this idea is good or I have to prove that I'm doing a good job because I'm driving in revenue. Have you ever kind of been like, oh, I'm just equated to a dollar sign? Is this, you know, how do you kind of get past some of those, some of those thoughts or, or do you think of any of that? Yeah. I mean, you do have to realize, you know, at the end of the day, right? Like if marketing is not driving revenue and those types of things that it just becomes very hard to continue to expect to be employed, right? Like (laughs) if we're, if we weren't doing that, then that's going to be a challenge. So, um, I think that you, you have to, I think for, for a marketer and if, especially if you're an anxious marketer that you just have to go back to what, you know, what were some of these wins that I have done before? And you may start to feel like if you have, maybe you got in a little bit of a losing streak or some of the ideas just didn't work out, that's going to happen. But the expectation isn't that. We're going to try some things and then sometimes they're not going to work, but you know, what did we learn from it and then how can we improve on it? And then just kind of being, being confident and resilient to, you know, know that, yeah, you know, and here's some setbacks, but I've done this before. Um, I can do it again. Right. And just knowing that you can, uh, do that stuff because you, you do have those wins that you can look back to, right? So just remembering that and that is a constant thing. And if you play it too, you know, sometimes you want to play it too safe and you're just like, well, I'm just going to do the things that I know work. And I would challenge, you know, those people and say that if you don't have any losses recently, maybe you're not trying, you're not trying hard, right? You're not like, you gotta, you gotta be a little vulnerable and just try some new things. Yeah, I love that you said that, that if you're not, if you're not failing, then like maybe you're not, you're not trying hard enough. Sorry, Anna, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. I agree. I, I love that you said that too. I think that one thing that I've kind of learned more recently is it's been said before that failing fast is important. If you're going to try something that doesn't work, try to fail as quickly as possible. So you can recoup the time that you spent on that project and kind of move to the next one. And I think that that's where 
being resilient really comes into play. I know that there's previous projects that I worked on where as as an anxious marketer and as a marketer in general, you really care about what you're doing and you put a lot of time and care into it. But there's also a point in time where you have to you have to move on. You have to try the next strategy. And so I think that finding a good balance of being invested personally, but also a little bit removed from the results has helped me a lot in, you know, showing up happy to work every day, knowing that I am a good person regardless of if this campaign gets a million likes or zero. And if it doesn't work, like just being honest enough to look at where you messed up and owning that so that you can fix it. So I really like your perspective on that. Speaking of failing and failing fast, right? are there any common marketing mistakes that you've seen businesses make? What can others learn from those experiences to avoid similar pitfalls? Yeah, I think one of the things that comes to mind for me is not having a very clear or big picture why. So I'll use a previous company that I worked at. We did policy management software and it was great. You know, like it actually, it did what it needed to do. But one of the things that I was pushing for at the company was why does this matter, right? What is the thing that someone actually gets from doing like what, what is, what is the point of having policy management software? What is the good thing that actually that we're trying to drive to? And one of the things that I thought at the time was if, you know, a policy is about like making sure that people are doing their job right, you know, and, and making sure that they're doing the right thing. And I, I kind of gravitated to like, what if we just said our company helps you, your employees do the right thing. And that was something that I was pushing for from a bigger picture, like message. And it didn't really get a lot of traction. It didn't really, um, get too far. And we, we kind of reverted back to like, well, we just, you know, we, we're going to do this faster and we do this better and that sort of thing. But I, I always felt like that was like a little bit of a missed opportunity because when we connect it to something bigger, then it actually can be inspiring and it can be something that makes people feel like, wow, I'm a part of something that's bigger than just like my job or, you know, whatever. So I think that if you can find that for a company or for a product, then you're playing 3D chess. You're at a whole different kind of level and outside of just like save time and money, you know, or make money. If we can get to that point, like you can really start to inspire people. I think that that's a missing, uh, missing piece or a missed opportunity for a lot of companies when they just kind of stay at that kind of baseline, like we're going to help you do your job faster and like save you money. I think if we can get further than that, beyond that, um, that's a really good place for a company to be. Yeah. I like the aspirational aspect of what you said. It's really interesting when you think about SaaS marketing today, it seems like there's kind of a struggle between people being super corporate and super jargony, but also being super relatable. And that's been a really interesting part of being in SaaS marketing is riding the line because you have some companies that are super like, I don't want to say silly, but they're just a little too relatable. And then there's the other companies that are like, optimize and digitize and I don't scale. know. Yeah. Scale. 
thrust. Oh, don't forget AI. You got to throw AI in there. Ray, what do you think about AI? Do you think it's going to be hard? Uh, AI, AI is going to take over the world, and I will not say anything bad about AI so that the robots will not destroy me. Yeah. Don't remember that I, I said nice things about them. Do you, you think that, do you think AI will take our jobs in marketing? I don't think so. I think that it really is all about how does the marketer use AI and the marketer that's using AI very well will be, it's just like, you know, the software stop marketers. Like we had, we literally had something called marketing automation. And it's like, oh, we don't need marketing anymore because the software is going to automate it. But no, you need like 20 people to do stuff with it and to do more and all that kind of stuff. So I think that it'll make certain jobs a lot faster, easier, but the marketers that are using it, well, you're going to have an advantage over like people that are like, I don't know what this is. Like, I'm just not even going to worry about it. You know, I, I think that that's a missed opportunity for those marketers. Totally. Yeah. I mean, with marketing automation, you normally have a marketer on the team that is an expert in setting up those workflows or those auto responses or anything like that. So it actually created a job for a lot of people. So I'm, I'm curious, you know, there might be a marketing AI operator in the future. <laughs> yeah. It'll look a lot different, right? But it should make it so that if you know how to use the AI well, or like know how to tell the AI what to do, it's just going to be uh, an advantage for you. Really? Um, so a little bit of a pivot of a question, something I wanted to ask you specifically about, because you're kind of, I remember when our CML brought you on last year and he was like yeah ray he's a he's a linkedin influencer <laughs> so i was curious what's your take on creating that personal brand and trying to you know gain influence online i think that if you're not use, using linkedin or doing that sort of thing that that's another missed opportunity another uh disadvantage for you as a marketer um so, you know, there's a bunch of things, right? So like if you are consistently talking about something or posting about something, then people just start to think like, wow, you have some thoughtful things to say about this, this topic or that topic. Like it just makes you kind of stand out more, right? So even if, even if let's say you're applying for a job and the recruiter looks at your LinkedIn profile and sees, oh, wow, like you're very engaged. You're posting a lot. And especially as a marketer, it almost seems like you're, if you're a marketer, but you're not uh, like doing marketing for yourself, then it's like a skinny chef, you know, like something's wrong here. <laughs> you should be doing that for yourself and really starting to, I think that just tinkering and just doing that sort of thing, like you'll understand LinkedIn better. You can understand like how to use that better for work and how to help others like use it better for work and things like that. So it's always an advantage for you as a marketer to do it for your own kind of personal brand and, you know, to help you out. Um, and also learning more TikTok or YouTube or even creating your own podcast. That's a very helpful thing to have. And let's say your boss asks you, Hey, 
we should do a podcast. <laughs> then you would be like, wow, I already do. I already know how to do that because I was doing right. that on my own. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's, that just is more, uh, more helpful, uh, things that, you know, that you're missing out on if you're not doing. Ray, I was going to ask just like a logistical question. How many hours a week would you say you spend on your personal brand? Um, you know, I feel like I'm a little inconsistent as far as LinkedIn goes. So there are times where I will post every day for several weeks. And then some, sometimes it might be week, maybe a week or two before I'll post and, and stuff like that. So. It really kind of depends. And I, I do think that there are some helpful things that I don't do myself, like, um, figuring out what do you want to be known for? And that sort of thing is helpful than to figure out what should I be posting about? Right. So I feel like I'm a little bit more broad in things that I share, but that works for me. There definitely are people that are very focused, lasered in on like, I am the customer marketing person, or I'm the podcast person around the, um, you know, partner person, like, and they, they've, they've kind of figured out like their own voice and their own niche. And I think that you can do a whole lot more in that regard. I should probably take some of that advice myself and figure that out for myself, but also I think I'm okay with where it's at and, and just doing the, uh, you know, what I can there. I think that's great. And I, I agree with you. You mentioned being a marketer, you should dabble in some kind of marketing for yourself. And there's a lot more of that that I could be doing. I think where I struggle is like, I consider myself a marketing generalist. Um, well, maybe I can just post about that. <laughs> just yeah. You can least. be the marketing generalist. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You can specialize in being a generalist. General. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would probably do partnerships or channel. Um, but I just feel like there's, there's, I really want to just start documenting my life because then <laughs> I don't have to curate anything. I can just share what's already happening. Yeah, um, you can. I mean, there's people on LinkedIn that just post on it like it's Facebook sometimes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> post you well. And uh, Gary V said, document, don't create. So. Ooh, yes. There you go. That's right. <clears throat> um, Ray, another question. When was a time that you felt like maybe you weren't performing at work or meeting expectations? And how did you overcome maybe some of the mental blockers that were there? I think that there's there definitely has been have been times where I felt that way and how I overcame that. I think going back to some of the things I shared earlier, kind of remembering, even as things are going hard or you're, you're having some losses or maybe even some things are just not very steady at the company, right? Like, I feel like that's something that we can all kind of relate to in, in these times where we're seeing so much kind of turmoil and tough times from a lot of people. And, you know, just kind of remembering that you can do this job that you've done this before and you can do it again. And for the kind of rocky times, really just powering through and, and hoping that there are seasons in, in a company and in a career. And, you know, sometimes it's, it's just winter, right? And it's just, this is just not a fun time, but just knowing that 
this is not an always type of thing and that things, things will change and, um, just kind of looking forward to that. Yeah. I, I, I like that you related seasons to, you know, career stuff. Cause I, I think about that a lot just in my personal life is like, okay, this is just a season and we have a winter every year and summer every year. So we'll get back there. I guess I don't usually apply that to companies or places that I'm working at. Cause you're just kind of like, I guess when you think of a corporation, you're like, this is a machine and it's always going to be the same, but really it's, it, it's full of people just like us. So of course mm-hmm. there's seasons and ups and downs. So appreciate that, that thought there. Yeah. I want to add to that. I love the imagery of it being like seasons, because when you think about different kinds of fruit, some of them don't grow all year. Some of them only grow in the spring and some of them I was going to say winter. I don't think any of them grow in the winter, but there's a time for everything to grow. And so I think that having that, um, what is that corporate term? 30,000 foot perspective that, that it's going to come back around. And that's something that's been encouraging to me is just knowing that as immediate as some things might feel like there's going to be a time when this thing will grow again. So that that's a really good perspective. I'm happy you shared that. So speaking of going through those hard times and just not having like the best, best time at work, how do you like to deal with stress from work? And what have you learned over the years about coping with work-related stress or anxieties? Hmm. Yeah, that's another good question. I think something that I've really kind of taken these days is to know that um, I think, I think just kind of looking back at my experience and, and just saying, you know, work is important and it's valuable and we get a lot of our, our identity from it. And it's a good thing. It's a very good thing, but it's work, you know, and just really having that perspective of this is just one part of my life and it doesn't have to be all of my life. It doesn't have to be all that I am or all that you know, you're, you're more than your job title. I posted that actually recently on LinkedIn. And that was a reminder for myself because I think that if we kind of derive our identity from our job or from our work that, you know, maybe they're like, that's gonna, that's a roller coaster that you're signing up for. So there are going to be some good days and you're just crushing it and everyone's patting you on the back and, you know, you're getting the stars and the kudos and, you know, you're feeling great. Right. And then there's going to be those days when you messed up this project or it didn't get the results that you wanted or your idea got turned down. And if you put too much of you into that work basket, then that can be a very dangerous place to be. Right. And so for me, just recognizing and realizing, yeah, this is important, but it, it is, it is just one part of me. And so when I could try to, um, try to separate myself from that, uh, that has been helpful when things are a little bit crazy and hectic and not going that well. That's so good. I want to, I want to add to that. One thing I literally realized this morning, I was a little stressed out about work. One of the best ways to not be stressed out about work is to just get some perspective. So talk to someone who isn't your coworker. Talk to a family member that has no idea what you do for work. And it will just make you feel like 
oh my gosh, like this isn't the only thing going on in the world. Um, so I love that you said that it is one part of who we are, but it's not all of who we are. And I think one thing that kind of came up for me as you were talking is the, the perspective that when we look for feedback or validation, we should keep it related to the work itself. Like if I messed up a project and Ray was like, Hannah, that was awful. Maybe the project, like the results of the project suck, but I'm still good. And I think that being able to separate and diffuse yourself from your work can be a really useful tool in, in getting over that stress that it causes. That was really insightful and all really helpful. And I love listening to all of your experience and insights, Ray. What advice would you give to someone who is just starting their career in marketing and aspires to be successful? Um, so I mentioned a couple of those things already, but just to recap, always learning. If you are doing a job and you want to do the next job, right? So let's say you're a general marketing person, but you wanted to do product marketing, right? So what kind of product marketing things can I start to learn or do, or can I, you know, learn from somebody? And then you're, you have some more experience there. And then maybe there's an opportunity to get that next job or get that next role, you know, at the company that you're at. And, you know, then you're like, Hey, I was already doing all this stuff. You know, could I start to shift more into this role? And that has been a pattern that I've had in my career over the years and especially my time at Pirate EMS was really just every two to three years just seeing an opportunity to do a new thing and then making sure that that new thing made sense for the for the business and also was something that was interesting and helpful for my career and when those two overlap that's a win-win so um, just look for those opportunities be patient, take the time to learn it, and then try to talk to your boss or supervisor about trying that new thing and showing them why that makes sense for you to do and keep doing that over and over. And you will find that you'll get a ton more experience that way and be a very um, well-rounded person and marketer. Love it. So words of wisdom from Ray. Keep learning. The job is just a job. You're not your job title. Personal branding is hugely important. You can, you know, just practice marketing for yourself. And that, you know, helps you stand out. So, yeah, all great tidbits there. Really appreciate you coming on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. Of course. Yes. I just have one question um, for both of you before we wrap up. What is something you're proud of from the last seven days? Um, I paid off my credit card. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm proud to be the first guest on the Anxious Marketers podcast. Oh, of course you That's are. Right. That's right. That's a good one. That's a good one. Hannah, what are you proud of? I'm proud that we got Ray to be on our podcast. <laughs> I think that's a cop out. No, I'm proud. So, um, as you guys know, I'm starting school for my master's in counseling and I had my first client this week but the room didn't catch on fire and it was fine it was good, good. so can't good. tell you anything about it because right client confidentiality but I did I'm very proud of myself and we had to record ourselves doing it and then we had to watch the recording nice well, I'm 
you. Good job, Ian. Good job. Thank you. All right. Well, that wraps up today's episode. Feel free to check the description box of the episode on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, wherever you're at to find our website, social media handles, and all of the things. And we'll see y'all on the next episode. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.